With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning and welcome to Morning Java. Brought to you as always by Get-Go Cafe and Market, where as always you can get fresh food, fresh drinks, to made to order, and get that curbside pickup. It's a great option to get, especially right now. I'm getting me some lunch later today from Get-Go. I love their buffalo chicken rat, Tom. It always just speaks to me. How are you doing though, brother? I'm good. A little tired, but but good. Yeah, I mean, Tom drove all the way to Pittsburgh, y'all, for that playoff for that playoff game. Which, if that's the case, I think Pittsburghers might say, "Tom, did you curse the Steelers?" Who knows? Uh, maybe you should never drive Pittsburgh ever again. <laughs> but well, uh, you know, I will say this: you know, I covered the Browns for years, and I left the, covering the Browns, and look where they are now. And I come over here. Go I, back. I may, be, I may be the black cat of journalism. Go back. Go back to covering the Browns, Tom. But okay. But let's talk about the fact that these two teams, because one of the major conversations in in sports and in Pittsburgh right now is, are the Browns for real? Like, is this really that this is the turning of the tide and the Steelers about to become the little brother for the foreseeable future in this rivalry where the Steelers have dominated? The Browns have been the the butt of every joke in Pittsburgh. In my, I'm 31 years old, Tom. My entire life, they've been the butt of jokes. And here they are with the with the most signature win you could ask for in a lot of ways with the Browns in my again in my lifetime. This is the biggest win they've ever had. And now they're going to play the Chiefs. But I want to ask you as a guy who's covered the Browns and now you're you're covering the Steelers with us. What what do you see this rivalry going from here? Well, I think it, you know, what it does is I, for the longest time, let's be honest, Chris, it hasn't been a rivalry. Uh, the rivalry is with the Ravens. And uh, it takes, uh, you know, for people that, that want to say it's a rivalry, it takes something like this to happen. Mm-hmm. It takes something like this to uh, get the attention of Steeler fans, get the attention of the Steelers. Well, let's start with the Steeler fans, but the Steelers. Uh, that the, the, the Browns are, are now a good team. You remember last year, that was the, that was the team that was all the hype, and they, they screwed it up on the, on the coach. Uh, the offensive line wasn't ready. Uh, Baker Mayfield regressed in his second year, uh, and they had a really tough schedule to jump, come out of the gates, and they fell apart. And really what this is is, you know, we talked at the beginning of the year. I thought, well, 8-8, eight and eight, I, I think they can improve a couple of games because it is a better team. And they've made moves that maybe we'll talk about in the second segment as far as what happens with the Steelers that just made a lot of sense. They, they, they got the coach. They got the guy now with Kevin Stavansky who has brought in just a, a calming influence uh, with this team. One of the problems last year with the team, as it's been the problem for years, too much drama off the field, so much drama with the Browns away from the field. There's been some talent, and for, for whatever reason, they haven't been able to bring it together. This year, there really hasn't been much drama other than the COVID here at the at the end of the season. Um, 
and they just have they, they they've rebuilt their offensive line and this is something again we'll get to maybe in the next segment this is they i mean they rebuilt their offensive line in one off season now they had money they, they weren't cap strapped they had money but that was a big thing uh for them and so what i think what they've done is is in, in some ways in this year where there wasn't as much expected of them they were able to kind of played to their ability much more than they did last year when they, when they there was so much hype they just couldn't handle it. So I do think they're going to be pretty good for the next couple of years. They're a young team and boy they know what their their issues are. Their issues are on defense and we saw it again last night in the second half once Roethlisberger got rolling. But if you if you believe Baker Mayfield's the guy and I think he he just might be then it becomes very easy to okay we need linebackers we need another guy in the secondary, and we're going to be pretty good because we got those two running backs. They, you know, whether they find another wide receiver to go with um, with Landry, or if they bring OBJ back, we'll see. Uh, but they should be pretty good. I, I, I'm not, I'm not here to say the Steelers are, you know, they're going to be down for ten or fifteen years, and it's going to be the Browns and the Ravens. Uh, but this is certainly a big win for the Browns and. In talking to some people last week about, you know, we were talking about the, the, the Flyers or the Penguins breaking that streak and the Browns finally winning in Pittsburgh years ago. Uh, it, it was one of those type of wins that kind of changed the trajectory of the franchise. And you heard Miles Garrett saying that last night. This was a big, momentous step for them. They finally, they've been tired of playing little brother. Uh, this is a, a step in the right direction. It's certainly going to uh, make the rivalry with Pittsburgh I think a little stronger from Pittsburgh side of it. Like they're going to be looking like we got to get back at these guys next year. Uh, the coach here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, John Tortorella, the, the hockey coach always says a rivalry doesn't begin until you break somebody's heart in the playoffs. That happened on Sunday night for Pittsburgh. I think it's a great way to put it. And I, I agree with you. There was no, I mean, the Browns have always just been that annoying div- team in the division that you got to hear from twice a year uh, when you play them and, and, and for the Steelers most like most likely beat them. Uh, but, you know, you look at how this year played out, you know, you let you, 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 you let your starters rest in week 17 and then they beat, they beat them. And, and then uh, you come back and then they beat you in the fashion that they did on, on Sunday night. Um, that's something that sticks with you, and, and especially because there's probably going to be a lot of players that aren't Steelers anymore after this season, and that's going to leave a lot of things that resonate with the players that do stick around, and especially with the fans. So you're right. I, I think that this um, this the wins like this, this makes it a rivalry, which could make it a very interesting dynamic uh, for the AFC North for years to come. I'll say one last thing. One thing that this rivalry has needed, uh, there have been years, there were four or five years during the Bernie Kosar years, where the Browns were really good and they went to three AFC championship games, lost them all, but they got there. Right. But the problem was these two teams have never been good at the same time. They don't, they've never had what the, they, they, of course they haven't been, the Browns haven't been good at all, but even all the years go back to the fifties and sixties when both were in the same league, the, the, the Steelers were terrible. The Browns were good. Then the, 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 the Browns grew old. The Steelers get great. The Browns aren't good. What this what this team these teams need is to be good at the same time. Kind of what Pittsburgh and the Ravens have. Exactly, because they were both their defenses were at the top notch at the same time, and every time they played, the the world stopped to watch. So certainly something to look at there moving forward. So we're moving forward to the next segment, 
and the Steelers need to look at how they're moving forward as a team. Tom, obvious questions after this game. Now, DK and Dale both addressed it at Heinz Field for Morning Java going into Monday. But everyone's talking about Marquise Pouncey, Ben Roethlisberger. You got, you know, Alejandro Villanueva, who's a free agent going into this year. Juju's a free agent. Connor's a free agent. Matt Filer. You know, there's there's, there's a lot of different guys that you got to look at this season. You're like, that's a uh, Mike Hilton, Cam Sutton. A lot of guys, you're wondering what happens there. And then also guys like Pouncey, maybe Steven Nelson, maybe Joe Hayden, maybe David DeCastro. All different guys that are getting paid over $14 million there. But you're like when you got to figure out something else different for this team, you know, where do you go from here? Who do you focus on? What do you believe in? It's my philosophy, Tom. They still, they need to sit down and have this conversation with Ben Roethlisberger because that's where it starts with ends. They got to figure out, can you fit whatever the, the the vision is for the offense moving forward, whether it's a running team and reinvesting in the ground game and saying, listen, we're going to throw a lot less, but you're not going to have the same buddies that you've had for the last several years. You got to just kind of play within this new system that they're getting. Um, or do you, you know, do you really just say, oh, we're just going to try again, which I think would be a big mistake. Uh, yeah. Let, let, I'm going to go back to the first segment. And this is going to sound not kind of scary for, for Steeler fans, but I woke up this morning thinking, you know, this reminds me of so many years covering the Browns at the end of a season, the bad years of the Browns, the many years of bad years where you wake up and like, what do they need? What they need? A, they need so much. Yeah. It's just like, you don't even, you know, how are you going to, you, you know, they have so many needs right now and getting back to the Steelers um, that you, you have to, there's just you're gonna you're gonna have to obviously do it through the draft. And unlike the Browns last year, we mentioned because my my thought is whether whether Roethlisberger stays, which he probably will, or he goes, you have to fix the offensive line and you have to fix the running game. I think it's just how they got that far without a legitimate running game after like week four or five is amazing, and it caught up to him. Now, now yesterday's a little bit different in the sense that, you know, you got so far behind with the turnovers that you almost had to throw all the time. But look, it's been a problem for, it's been a problem for most of the year. And look at the bad starts they have. They can't, they can't sustain the run early in games. So they, they end up having to pass. They're always behind in games. I think you have to use early draft picks on your offensive line, on getting a running back. You know, they, they made the decision this year to go for Chase Claypool because they didn't have a first round pick. Uh, at the expense of maybe a J.K. Dobbins or or whatever running back they thought fit their system the best, uh, you know the first couple of picks in the draft to me have to be offensive. You got to fix something first, um, and there's going to be you know if Pouncey does retire, you're going to need a center. I don't think you have to have a use a first round draft pick on that. I would probably use it on a left tackle, a second round draft pick on a running back. Um, you have to hope that Alex Highsmith can step in and, 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 and at least for the beginning gets that first shot at, at, at taking Bud Dupree's job. Um, but it's going to take a while and it's going to be painful because they, the salary cap situation, they've been kicking it down the road, kicking it down the road. Well, there's, they're not going to probably escape it. They're, they're going to have to, it's going to be very painful uh, and they're going to have to deal with it. And I agree with you, what you said a minute ago, uh, they can't just say, let's continue as it is. And one of the things that, that they may have to sit down with Ben and say, look, 
we still want you here. We can, we still think you can be effective, but you, we, we, we can't have you throwing 40 and 50 times a game. Uh, we have to find a way to get more balance. You look at the Browns, again, what they have been able to do in the last year or so where they went from Baker Mayfield throwing the ball all over the shop to kind of being more of a game manager. I mean, he threw for only like 260 yards. He was much better than Ben Roethlisberger last night because he protected the ball. He wasn't in nearly the situations that, that Roethlisberger is in. I think we're going to talk about this in the next segment. But the Steelers didn't really get much pressure on him in the sense, in in part, because they were never had to throw the ball once they got up twenty-one to nothing. I mean, they controlled the game. Like we're, we don't have to put Baker Mayfield in in, in peril here because we're up twenty-one nothing. We want to run the ball. We want to run clock. We'll do that if we want to throw. You don't know when we're going to do it, and it, it seemed to keep them off balance. But I, it, to me, it starts up front and with the running game. And whether Roethlisberger stays or he leaves. That still has to be addressed. That part still has to be addressed. And I don't think drafting a quarterback this year, I think when they draft 25th, you may not get a, a, a the guy you want at 25. So you got to start somewhere. This is a long, this is going to be a process where it's, I don't think next year we're going to be talking this team's 11 and five or, or 12 and four. <laughs> they've, they're going to have to, I think, take a step back and look, they've had a good run. They, they have, I know, I know in Pittsburgh, uh, maybe I'm coming at it from the outsider standpoint. It's like, wow, making the playoffs a lot here in this decade is pretty good. And you, they're going to say, we only made the Super Bowl in 2010. This is a failure. Uh, such is the standard is the standard. But I think they're going to have to take a step back before they take steps forward. Yeah, I certainly think uh, uh, getting a getting a, an offensive tackle like Leatherwood from Alabama would go a long way. Uh, you know, just get they need another anchor on the offensive line. I think Kevin Dotson could be one of those anchors, uh, but they need a comparable center. They need someone who's going to at least hold down the position because Pouncey not only had the bad snap, but he got beat at the point of attack, and he's not a pulling lead blocker like he used to be in his prime. You need at least a comparable center that's going to hold down the fort there. You hope that. Either Zach Banner or Corfor can be a good right tackle, and maybe you keep David DeCastro and think that maybe he gets back whatever he had before this year, and that maybe there was an injury that was holding him back or something along, excuse me, along those lines. But you need a new anchor on this offensive line. They used to have three in Gilbert, Pouncey, and DeCastro. Now they really didn't have any this season. I agree that's the first place they got to go. Back here on Morning Java, Tom, we got to talk about the defense because. This was a game everybody expected the Steelers to get out to the quarterback, and they didn't knock down Baker Mayfield one time. Now, granted, it's much like you just said in the previous segment. This was an offense that and, – and even you said last week in our pregame podcast, the Steelers needed to make the Browns play from behind. And what happened in the first play of the game, but they were not playing from behind because you had to snap over somebody's head. Now, that happens, and – then the offense gives them two more turnovers at right in succession, and they're up 21-0 before you're even blinking, uh, let alone 28-0. Is that more of a reason for the Browns not allowing a sack to the Steelers, or is there a systemic problem for why they couldn't get pressure in this playoff game from their top-tier group? Uh, I mean, it's probably a com- – the answer is probably a combination. Uh, again, you're, you're up 7 nothing right away. I can't remember. I think the the fourteen nothing that the Landry touchdowns with the second one, right? There were so many. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm yeah. trying to mean, but but 
I think that was like the second play of that drive, right? Mm-hmm. I think that was a second down drive, and Landry just meanders all the way down the field and scores a touchdown. So it's not like they really got into a rhythm uh, to, to, to rush the passer. Again, I, I, I'm not saying that I, I completely understand what they were doing on some of these plays. The, the defense, to me, the bigger issue for the defense wasn't necessarily at 21 or even 28 to nothing. It was after when they, when the Browns started to come back, or I'm sorry, the Steelers started to come back. I thought one of the, one of the points in this game when it's 28 to seven, and again, knowing in your mind that they brought the Steelers do cut it to 12 in the second half, it's 28 to seven. So you've got a foothold in the game finally. And they just give up a drive right down the field uh, before half. And it's 35 to seven. Yep. Um, same thing in the second half. I, I think you and I disagreed on Twitter, but just for the for the, the point of uh, when, when they decide to punt on fourth and one, okay, it's a 12-point game. There's plenty of time. I I, I would have gone for it at the 46-yard line, but, but that's okay. You're going to punt it away. You're going to trust your defense. They give up an 80-yard drive on six plays, and the game's over again. So that, that was to it. me, the, the, failures, the failures of the defense were more once the game – got a bit out of hand because they were put in bad spots, right? They were put in bad spots. And, but I, I do appreciate what Cam Hayward was saying is we never held them to field goals. They just yep. kept scoring touchdowns. Um, but I think more of it, and we've seen this happen with this defense throughout the course of the season uh, when they needed them to make stops in, here during this, this skid of games, losing five of the last six, they just weren't able to do it. Now, you know, we're going to point to the obvious two linebacker situations. Well, one of those guys isn't coming back. Um, and you know, Devin Bush will be back. You know, it's, it's unlikely that Bud Dupree's back. Um, you, but you have to start there. You, you, you've got to get that anchored down. They were too easy to run against, frankly. They, they, we saw it during the course. Once Devin Bush went out, you think about the Dallas game. Remember mm-hmm. how many yards Dallas ran for them on? Uh, mm-hmm. Go back to, to go to the Indianapolis game. The first half, one of the reasons Indianapolis lost that game was because they they went away from the run. They yep. had 117 yards early in the third quarter, and they just went away from the run. So it's 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 not just the pass rush, which has been good. Let's be honest; it's been very good. It's it's been elite. Uh, but they've got you know they've got some some issues uh, up front, and and the linebackers as far as stopping that. Devin Bush will help. Uh, but they've got to they've got to figure that out. It's it's it does it's it's uh, this is not a defense that that played well down the stretch at all. And, and that's the concern here, Tom. For Steelers fans, you're wondering: Is this systemic? Is this something that? is going to always be until you gut this group and try again. Because a lot of Steelers fans thought, hey, this was the defense. T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Devin Bush, Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, star, 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 star. And Joe Hayden playing really good on the outside. And Steven Nelson being a good number two corner. This was it. This was the group. And then that happened. Now, I saw some people trying to blame Minka Fitzpatrick. I I really wasn't going after him considering they weren't targeting him in this game. Uh, He's doing his job. But – you had a situation where Joe Hayden's out and your entire cornerback situation blows up in your face. The Browns were down two cornerbacks and made and found and found a way to at least survive on defense long enough. Uh, granted, some of those some of that surviving was just Steelers making dumb mistakes, but still, um, you needed to be able to find answers this game on defense. And um, and like you said, when they got this game down to twelve, when after that punt on fourth and one, whether or not you agree or disagree with that call, 
that was where after you, you had back-to-back three and outs, you had three straight stops. The previous drive, Baker Mayfield almost threw a pick six to you. That's where you're like, okay, let's get after him. Let's keep doing what's working. And then you saw him drop back into those zones, and then that's when Baker Mayfield found his comfort zone and started really going after the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, without question. They Again, they, they um, no, they didn't have pressure. But, again, I, I do think in that second half, is the, the last drive of the first half, and then the rest of the you know the second half, they just gave up, you know, some big touchdown drives uh, that hurt them. Uh, again, I think the offensive is is more an issue. The offensive line and the running game is the, for me the biggest issue. Um, if you get that somehow fixed up, maybe Roethlisberger can come back and be good next year. Um, and it's it's not all on him. Um, defensively, and again, look, we just. You and I just went through the last segment saying, well, draft an offensive tackle, draft a running back. Uh, okay, so you're using your first couple picks on offensive guys. Where are you going to plug those holes on defense with no money? That's it's painful. It's 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 a it's a it's a it's, it's, a, it's a, a good question. And you, you just you, you don't have the money. You, you don't. And you're just going to have to hope that either some of your depth guys get better or maybe you hit later in the draft. Uh, and I mean, I mean, Joe Hayden's, I think on the wrong side of 30 now too. Uh, I, I agree with, so, I agree with that sentiment. Um, I mean, not, nothing, nothing can show. I'm just saying that he's not going to be getting any younger and he's not going to be getting faster. So when he does get back, um, you know, he'll be another year older. It's, it's, I wish I could say, boy, these, these problems, we fixed themselves. Uh, again, I keep going back to the, the Browns. I mean, the Browns have some of the same problems on defense, but they've got plenty of cap space and they've got their offense. So they can just say, we need a linebacker. We may need a safety. We need, may need another cornerback. We know what we need. Bang, bang, bang. Let's go address that. The Steelers mm-hmm. just don't have those. They don't have that luxury. And, and to your point about Devin Bush, uh, when you look at the season, they gave up one game where they allowed 100 yards of rushing offense to an opponent, um, and that in, in when when Devin in the first six games, after that they get only had two games where they gave up where, where they gave up less than 100 yards. It was a clear flip, and it really started with that with that first Ravens game when where even though the, the Steelers won, they gave up 265 yards on the ground, and after that a lot of teams started to realize, hey, we can run the ball on these guys. Um, and, and it's and, and when you think back to the start of the season, how, you were praising how they were stuffing the run. I mean, Saquon Barkley had an all-time um, a low amount of yards for how many carries he had in that game. So uh, maybe Devin Bush being healthy is a huge part of that answer and solves a lot of problems because there's a reason he was the 10th overall pick in the draft that the Steelers traded up to get him. Um, but you're right. There's certainly the question. You know, what can the Steelers do to invest in something in the defense that's going to say, hey, you're going to be better at stuffing the run next year, and this isn't going to be nearly as much of the problem that it was at the end of the season? The two lasting images for me in the in the defensive run game this year, right at the end of the season, one against uh, Indy where the guy scores a touchdown from like two yards out. Three guys miss him at the goal line. Three guys have clean shots at him and don't get him. And then, boy, poor Robert Spillane. He just didn't. He didn't get leverage on three front, and he just got carried the last three yards into the end zone. And to me, when I think of their issues, 
against the run. Those are the two that really come to mind. And of course, you know, with Nick Chubb, you know, we, we talked this whole segment about the Browns getting better. That guy is, if he's not the best running back in the league, he's certainly in the top three. And uh, again, the Browns, I'll just, let's just end this with we winding back to look at what the Browns did. They, they fixed their offensive line. Uh, they have made the two headed monster work where both of those guys seem to be, seem to, to enjoy working with each other and feeding off each other. And it's made, it's made uh, Baker Mayfield's job a lot easier. And that's the closest thing I think you could get to maybe next year. If you do fix the running game a little bit and you can get a couple of invest, a couple of those guys in picks where they feel comfortable running the ball and Ben feels like it will work. Maybe he can be more, a little bit more of a manager and not throwing 50, 60 times a game because that's not going to win. I agree. That's a big bottom line. But here on Morning Java from Get-Go Cafe and Market, we are. I'm Chris Carter. He's Tom Reed. Thanks so much for watching. We've got a lot more coming your way here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Thank you.